welcome to podcast 234 of five star potential your weekly football manager podcast i'm matt and on this week's pod i'm joined by dave Doop and paddles hello gents hello. Are, we, are we keeping that is that, <laughs> <laughs> that just we'll see Doop we'll see i uh i said it last week uh matt we've got time to re-record that if you want mate. <laughs> dave you're back in the chair <laughs> Sorry, we, we were joking about it earlier. I figured, you know what, it's been a while since uh, we've pulled that one, so let's go again. Anyway, on this week's pod, we'll be hearing about uh, Paddles' save. In fact, there's a lot of Paddles mentioned in this outline. Um, it, you the, wrote the it. The Northern back, Boys you know? are back. I did write it. I've just realised how much. Well, actually, no, we didn't know whose save we were going to be talking about when I put it together quickly. Um, but I've just realised your name is mentioned about eight times. Anyway, yes, your save update, Northern Boys, and then we'll transition slightly into Dupes' uh, middlings with his defensive tactic using Newcastle as well, which was mentioned in last week's pod, well, a thread off the back of last week's pod. Then we'll move to the antithesis of last week's topic, attacking football, which is our focus for this week. Paddles, Newcastle, Northern Boys. What's going on? We're not saving anybody in Northern Boys. (laughs) Um, (laughs) All right, okay, I can't really remember... What the Willie l- Power. Willie Power, yes. Nerd Fonig was in the stream last night. Yes, he was. Um, I can't remember when the last time I spoke about it here was because I was away for a few weeks. But um, the last the last time I remember was when you oh no. were not sure if you were going to like survive or not. So you weren't even relegated at that point. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so, surprise. Um, I may, may have slightly, ever so slightly, managed to get relegated in Northern Boys. Um, it happened. So, sure. look, where do we... So, this was season four. Um, so, the whole... For those of you that don't remember, Northern Boys is, is a mission to convert Newcastle to a Northeast-only players and staff safe. We gave ourselves four Basically, seasons to do racism. it. Racism. Xenophobia. Northeastism. County xenophobia. Northeastism, we'll go with. But um, no, I'm going to go with you, okay? I'm really concerned okay? about Matt right now, guys. I've dro- dropped something. <laughs> really I was trying to find what I dropped for the benefit of those at home or anywhere else where you're listening to this. I had dropped one of my Balls. things. Pencils, oh, pen. we'll call them. Um, and I was concerned that if I move my chair, one, it'll smash the pencil to bits and I'll have to clean it. Or alternatively, it'll smash the pencil. So anyway, um, so I'm going to stop distracting everyone and I'm going to sit still for a while. Sorry, Paddles. It's a on. wild night in Matthew's house. In a minute now, he's going to go, that brings episode 234 to <laughs> 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 Um Okay, so let's go back to the joy of Northern Boys really quickly. Um... Unfortunately, yes, managed to get relegated in season four. So basically, we're getting to the point where nearly all of the squad was actually fully northeast. Bearing in mind now, season three, we finished ninth. And and we nearly actually finished seventh to get into Europe. And it was all a bit fucking bananas. And season four just, it started kind of okay. And it just went down and down and down. And no matter, I couldn't buy a win. Conceded stupid, the stupidest goals you'll ever see. And um, we managed to get relegated. The biggest alarm was that this, well, first of all, this was all happening on stream and I was trying not to have a fucking meltdown. And the second thing was, you know, a lot of hours have gone into this. And while we're, while I'm on stream going through the last 10 games, we must have had five or six board meetings talk about, you know, job safety, you know, future, all that kind of stuff. 
said the same thing every single time. Trust the process. <laughs> it's, you know, it's all fine. Everything's okay. Uh, it really wasn't. Um, so unfortunately, we managed to get relegated. Um, and, you know, just to add insult to injury, we finished 20th in the league. Like, rock fucking bottom in the end. So, into season five in the championship, didn't get sacked. Northern, northern rock bottom. Northern rock bottom. Very good. Hey. <laughs> it went, uh, I think it went south quicker than it went north. But, um... It's okay. We didn't get sacked, which is the main thing, because I, I was not really prepared to kind of end the save and have to do something different. I have no plan B, really, for FM22 yet. Not that I know of, anyway. Um, so we managed to get to, to keep the job, and we headed into Season 5. By this point, we've sold everybody. Alan say Maximan gone. Wilson, gone. Joe Willock, gone. So now we're in the Championship trying to buy Northeast only players. And the ones we'd hoped to buy would have been the likes of Jordan Henderson and Jordan Pickford. Gone. Not a chance in the championship. And then uh, we had one good right back called Nathan Wood, who we bought from Tottenham. He was uh, signed by Tottenham from Middlesbrough, I think. He had a relegation release clause, didn't realise, gone. Uh, we got 18 million for him, but the money's no good. So we lost him. Um, so we've basically gone into it with a lot of the same players picked up a couple of random players. Um, I think Lewis Wing was this random player. He was at Huddersfield. Very good set piece taker. That's about it. Matty Pollock, who has been named Matty Bollock for obvious reasons. Uh, big tall centre half um, from Watford. All of these are Northeast players. Championship enough quality, I suppose. I'm going to kind of go quick now. Um, this is season five then. Fully Northeast. Mission accomplished. All the players, all the staff. And we've gone really, really well. For a lot of the season, we were kind of floating around second, third, fourth. All the way to when we are kind of got about five, six games left. And I literally fired up the stream. We were kind of fourth and we were like, right, we have a good chance here at getting towards the automatic playoffs or automatic spots or worst case scenario playoffs. The craziest shit. And I, I was talking to Raz. I was talking to Shrinaldo. Guys who, 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 who've seen shit in FM in their time, they, in their own words, never seen anything like this, right? I think we I have it here in front of me. We played um, Sheffield Wednesday. We're 1-0 up, conceded a goal in the 89th minute. Then we've played Sunderland. We're 1-0 up. Um, then they equalised and they've won it in the 90th minute. We played Rotherham and we were 2-0 up. Next thing, the goalkeeper makes two, and I'm talking embarrassingly horrific howlers, like gets the ball to feet and it falls away from his feet. They've, um, dr we've drawn 2-2. Two -two. Then, um, it just doesn't get any better, lads. The next game was the 90th, no, sorry, the last game of the season, right? We get to the last game of the season, we're playing Luton. This is to try and secure a place in the playoffs. And, <laughs> it still hurts. 80 minutes on the clock and we're 3-1 up, right? A win, a win secures playoff status. Next thing, they get one back, 3-2 on 81 minutes, right? And then the clock just winds, right? Everything is defensive, lock it down, waste time, set pieces of the works. <laughs> 90, like, three minutes added on, and it gets to 92, 50-something. And they've equalized for 3-3. Three, three. And about 10 minutes in-game before that, Middlesbrough have taken a lead. We're there, we're in their game. We've missed the playoffs. In the 90 fucking third minute against what is now my most hated team in the world, Luton Town. So um, that was season five. We finished seventh, missed the playoffs, and we've condemned ourselves to another season in the championship, um, which is where we are now. I guess we've gone into the, to the next season. 
more board meetings to discuss the future. Trust the process. <laughs> Everything is fine. It really isn't. And um, kept the job, managed to hang on to the job, which is the main thing. And uh, we're sitting in the championship then after, fi- after five seasons. Bearing in mind, we spent fuck all. We sold all, all of the big players. I think we got 42 million that time for Alan St. Maxima. So then I'm in the summer between season five and season six in the championship. No real prospects on the horizon. A, a transfer budget of 91 million and nothing to spend it on. And um, it's a bit strange. Um, but then we've basically uh, rocked into season six. It started last Sunday. And uh, we won the first five games in a row up to last night on, on stream. And uh, sitting top of the league, comfortable, happy. Everything's fine. Trust the process. Um, but that's where we are. A, a series of unfortunate events, but haven't got sacked and having a good time. Um, I, I'll talk about Willie Power in a minute, Matt. I don't, I don't think we're ready. <laughs> Matt, how on earth have you still got a job on this side? <laughs> yeah. You survived the relegation and then somehow still survived when you didn't get the playoffs? Dave, is, is, there any ch- Dave, is there any chance that you have multiple Twitch burner accounts? Because I've had many, many, many people in the stream... How are you still? How are you even up in sack? How are you still in? I thought, okay, relegate. Like I think the last time we spoke about it was just before Christmas, maybe just after. Mm. When I said, e- e- even if you go down, it'd be sort of cool if you kept the job, which you did. But the fact you didn't even get the playoffs and they still kept you on is mad. So, I would have thought as soon as you missed out on the playoffs, they would have got rid of you. It's a funny one, right? I was worried about it. So when we were still in the Premier League, now bear in mind. So when I started this save. It wasn't under the Saudi owners. the The reputation uh, I re- I changed the reputation to match the FM Twenty One reputation. Everything was kind of reset to before the Saudi takeover. Yeah. So the expectations were to avoid relegation, pretty much every season. Um, obviously, that didn't kind of materialize by the time we got to season four. We never got given a points target, or you know, you've got five games or whatever it is, which was which is obviously positive. When we went down to the championship, for whatever reason, and I'm, I'm not too sure why, the expectation was not to get, like, it basically playoffs. And um, it, the, the, the club vision said to, you know, basically get promoted in the second season in the championship, in the club vision. Um, now, I still thought I'd get sacked having missed the playoffs. We did get called into the board meeting and all that. It just hasn't happened. Now, some people have even asked, is this a bug <laughs> that we haven't got sacked? I don't know. Um, we're still there. Uh, so where I am now is, I mean, if I don't, if I don't get up this season, if I don't get promoted this season, I, I, I think that must be it because the, the club vision says they need us to get promoted this season. So if it doesn't happen this season, I should probably resign, right? <laughs> probably shouldn't wait to get sacked. Should be honor about four years ago, to be honest, man. Yeah, to be fair, yeah. Fair point, dude. Well presented. Uh, to be fair, though, nobody's talking about the fact you could make yourself unsackable, just saying. Wait, can't you? Okay. I, I may oh, need yeah, you to show me how oh, to do you? that. Can you? <laughs> can I still do it? Is it too late? Talk to Dave. Dave knows all about it. <laughs> yeah, um, no. Yeah. no comment. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, we'll find out this season if I don't um, get promoted. But uh, I, I'm, I was kind of pretty shocked after it got relegated that it didn't happen. Literally down to the frequency of the board meetings. Like there was one every single game because we kept drawing and losing. And every time it was I was being called in. Um, and then every now and again, we just pull out a little win to kind of put it on hold, but like I was up to very insecure. In season three, after finishing ninth, the job status was, um, what's the best one? It was like very, not even very secure, but it was like... Untouchable. It was, I don't know if it was even, it might have been the next one down, we'll say, but like I was right down the bottom of the list, like very, very secure, whatever it is. And uh, 
Yeah, one season later, very much, very insecure. I don't even, I think at one point it might have hit precarious. Um, so, but it was touch and go, but we managed to hold on to it. We were doing, I was doing it live on stream. Every time I was clicking continue, I was expecting a news, uh, a news item to say, gone, sacked. But it just never happened, so. I'm as shocked as you are, Dupe. Don't worry. Could it be because you are using an edited, edited, edited database? Matt, are you okay? I don't know. I genuinely don't. I've had too much Vimto today. I think that's yeah. that's what it is. Or not enough sleep. One of those. One of those things. Editing. Well, not enough. That's a new one. Vimto. You never know. Not enough. Or maybe not enough Vimto. That's it. I need to replace the entirety of my blood with just pure. Matt is currently Vimto. going under a uh, yeah a negative amount of yeah maybe mate. Anyway, <laughs> this is madness. Um, Matt, yes. I want to talk to you quickly about uh, that you've had a little bit of traction on Twitter about your save um about others kind of saying how good it is and the what's his name ian mcintosh ah, yes, it, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry what's his name that's a bit harsh but you know um so what happened there what what's come about because he, he was bigging it out for you weren't you yeah so basically i mean to start off i guess like when i was doing the blog i, like, I haven't blogged for a little while just i was away and stuff so i'm a little streaming else on when I started, uh, yeah, when I started, he's, he's ditched the, ditched the pen for the mic. Yeah. That's it. He's got a taste of I'm pr- taste for I, it. I'll have to retire the mic soon. Plus, plus, uh, people don't get to witness you smashing the Guinness. It's nightly. It's been done. Yeah. Um. At one point, Raz asked me, "Did he? Did I? Because I think we realised I was like three weeks streaming in a row. Um. And he was like, "You reckon you've broken a hundred cans of Guinness in the three weeks? And we generally had to stop and have a really good think about it. And we were like. It's an average of three per night. There was one night where there was twelve. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so uh, we're not we're not sure that the the jury's out in that one. Um, Still no dags. No tags. Check the it's disgraceful. But to go back to the question, like so, as I've been streaming, a lot of people have been coming in and um, talking about it and kind of saying like, "Oh, this this could be cool. We could, <clears throat> I could try this in in Yorkshire or in um, you know Greater Manchester or all the different regions." So as we've kind of been talking about it a lot, we ended up. Um, one night we kind of ended up just mapping it out, the nine regions. I've actually, uh, I've started a little post for fivestarpotential.com. Matt, you love that. Um, that I'm hoping to drop out next week. Basically calling it the Football Manager Regional Challenge. So basically nine regions in England. Um, and you break out all the cities, all the clubs. And, and it's a similar idea, right? Um, you, you can only buy players from that region, either transition the club or, or do it from the beginning. And um, I've had a couple of guys tweeting me just saying, oh, I've started doing it in this place or that place. Um, I think uh, like some down south looks pretty tough. Um, down in your area, Dupe, actually, we were talking about it looks to be one of the the regions where slimmer pickings, apart from yourself, of course, you know. Wow, fuck me! I was going for you. I make in terms of his football quality. I did not, did not, did not intend to say that. Literally, I can't believe you just said that. Literally, as I'm saying it, right. The clip of Duke tripping over in that charity game is going yeah. through my mind. I was literally oh referring to his football thanks. ability. Sleep with one in the mud. In the mud. <laughs> this is my uh, retirement from Five Star Potential podcast. Oh my! Oh, that is up there do. with that, the curty, curty fitness, but that was like oh intentional. That, that's but, a payback for all the Duke, time you've been horrible to me. I, I, I genuinely, genuinely didn't. No, you got, mate, 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 mate. You got, you got to live by the sword, mate. You die by the sword, mate. <laughs> it's out there now. It's only the internet, son. It's Anyone's got a internet. podcast they want me to come on, let me know. Oh, Kiki. Oh, my God. Um, go on as well, or... Yeah. <laughs> Matt, I'm going to go back to a previous statement. Are you okay, mate? 
<laughs> I'm just on fire. This is like the Christmas special when Matt, Matt had a few disarrangements. Di- genuinely, I haven't. Oh, I know what it is. Yeah. I I think because I've not had Coke in a while, as in. Coca-Cola for a, a while. Um, I think that's probably what it is. Yeah. Woo. Anyway, uh, <laughs> there was a question in all of that madness. Yes, to go back to the question. Um, yeah, it was um, yesterday. Then um, uh, Ian McIntosh, he, he was tweeting out, obviously he does a lot of the, the podcast with the Athletic for Football Manager and stuff. And he basically was kind of talking about how he was looking for a new save. And he kind of just tweeted out, like, are there any challenges I'm missing or I haven't heard of? And uh, one of the guys, Matt, who's, um, he, he, I know he follows the blogs and he was in the stream a lot. He basically said, oh, you should try or have a look at the North, the Northeast challenge that Matt FM is doing. And um, then it, we were talking about it, dropped in the link. And then, yeah, he's, he basically tweeted out and said, this is great. Have a look. And uh, I had, I've had a lot of people actually DMing me, just asking me, how do you do it? How do you do the search filters? Um, but, uh, can I, can I, can someone like, somebody wanted to try the gateshead so they could, could they download the filter? Um, just those kind of questions, really. And just, just saying how much people like it. Because it is different. And then a lot of replies were like, fucking madness. That guy's crazy. <laughs> Dedication. My favorite one was, um, has that guy got a life? And the other one was, has he ever kissed a girl? And the other one was, <laughs> does that man know what crash That was just the ones from Joe. <laughs> and that was Friday Night FM. That was from Friday Night FM, yeah. I think the one that just went, I'm getting the word. <laughs> the one that entertained me most was, uh, oh, that save sounds very Brexit. And I, would ju- I just had to reply and say, um, counter argument, I'm Irish. So... Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was cool. It was nice. To, I mean, it, it was. It's great to see the idea kind of get a bit of bit of coverage, and there's a lot of a lot of guys trying it in different um, different regions. So yeah, I might write a little blog post about it. Um, throw it up on the site next week. Lovely stuff. Well, in the uh, well, slightly different vein of not spending any money, Dupe has been putting his defensive nous to the test following last week's pod in his Newcastle thread, and has thrown a lot of money. A save. Um, how's it going? I think I've Deep. spent the money that Mad wasn't allowed to spend. So, uh, Dave, <laughs> oh, he's allowed to spend it. He just can't. <laughs> There's nobody to buy. True. Dave mentioned uh, in last week's pod, but we were talking about defensive, and Dave said, "Oh, do you reckon you could take it from the outset and and do well with it?" And I said, oh, "Let's let's give it a go." So I thought it's a, it's a system that you got to build with, and I don't really have the time to build a team to the system like legitimately. So I went. Okay, I'll just cheat and play as Newcastle. Um, and I spent all the money. I bought some decent players in. I bought some not so decent players in. But um, I am sticking to my highlight killer, which is something that we discussed last week. Um, I bought players in that that they have bought in as well to make it a little bit realistic. And I've also not bought the ones that are shit. So Chris Wood, <laughs> he's still at Burnley. Um, I bought Trippier in. I bought um, Bruno Gamares or whatever his name is in. Um, Marish. Gamares. Yeah, That's a decent pronunciation but, of you, to be fair. Sorry? That's a decent pronunciation yes, of you. Uh, so yeah, what sure. I have also done is I've gone for players that I'm used to, that I know perform well in those roles. We've got Milinkovic in. We've got um, Livakovic in net. We've brought um, a chap called Oscar from Seville who plays the Shadow Striker role very, very well. One man that has to come in when I make any transfers is Kashavili. Um players like that we got Belotti up top we got Fahalovic up top as well 
He it does sound like the best of dupe. He is like nuts. <laughs> for the past brother. like couple of editions of yeah. FM. One one player I brought in was Adnan Yanazai to play the inverted winger because he genuinely is very good. And also, weirdly, 26, which just blew my mind. That is still he's so young. Um but yeah, I I brought a load of players in because basically the Newcastle squad is absolutely gash. Um really? to use Dave's word, whack. Um yeah. And we started the season really, really well. Like I said, playing defensive. Um, didn't concede in the first three games and won two of them and drew one. Uh, we played West Ham, which is probably the best team we played. We beat them 2-1. Uh, beat Villa 3-0. Beat Tottenham 3-0. This is like, we're trying to defend and like, we just we had some quality up top. It was all going well until we played United and we lost 2-0 to them. Once we played United, we had played eight games and we conceded two goals. And we were like fourth in the league, but we had conceded the least amount of goals in the league. Um, went on and played a few more games. We've had a really terrible run of games now, but we're sixth in the league at the moment. Conceding the uh, the second lowest in the whole league. Um, we've we've scored uh, the seventh, uh, the fourteenth worst in the whole league. So we're not scoring lots of goals, but we're just not conceding. Uh, we do have a game in hand on all that's above us. If we win that, we do go third. Um, with 17, 18 games played. It's just exactly what I explained last week. Um, I hate to go, told you so, but um, yeah, so. kind of told you so. It, yeah, it, it's difficult. Um, it is a little bit dull, and Dave's been doing it with Leicester as well. Um, and it is, it can be difficult to watch at times because it is very defensive. Um, but there's times where, like especially in our pod chat, I've put uh, a few screenshots in of games um, and it's just like mental how some of these games just come out and it's like I've I've had two shots on target and I've won um, or one shot. On t- I, played, I played Wolves in the league last, last night. I had an XG of 0.39. Um, we scored a goal in the 21st minute and just sat back. They scored in the 66th. They had 21 shots. An XG of 2.31 and we had an XG of 0.39 and we picked up a point. Um, it's just that sort of thing. Um, did the same against Brentford as well. It's it's just crazy how results do come quite nicely with them. It's just, it's a little bit skewed because we spent a lot of money, don't get me wrong. But it's not like I've gone out and bought like proper, like world-class players in the positions. I've just filled a squad that does what it needs to do. I only spent about £11 billion, so it's not too bad. <laughs> Do you think you'd have the same success that you're having with implementing defensive football if you hadn't made the signings and just stuck with the standard squad? I picked Newcastle because of the money, but I also picked Newcastle because they kind of had a relatively good squad that could do the job. I've got to go back and track my mind back because I've got rid of most of them um, because I've brought better in. But like, um, St. Maximani is amazing as uh, an inverted winger on attack. But he'll also be very good as a shadow striker. And I started retraining him very early. Same as um, Almiron. He can kind of do all the inverted um, wingers on the right-hand side and the shadow striker. He's very good in that position. You've got Callum Wilson, who we know on this game, if he gets a chance, he takes it. You know, very, you know, he does very well with that sort of thing. Um, the I think if you had the update and you had Trippier on there, that would probably help. Chris Wood would help. Um how do I not pronounce Gumarez, whatever his name, Gumarez, whatever his name is? He, he he would absolutely help in that position. But you have players like the Sales, John Joe Shelby, um, 
players like Matt Ritchie, players that would come in and actually do all right, in my opinion. Um, Ryan Fraser's actually a very good inverted winger. Um, his defense is not great. His tackling's not great. But I'd like to see what we could do if we didn't spend the money. The issue is, is we had the money. I was always going to... Maybe worth just redoing it and not signing anyone it, just to see, like, as a direct comparison. It'd be interesting to get to the... Like I said, I'm in 22nd of December now. Um, maybe we get to the end of December. We've played everyone once and then we go back and, and we, we just start it and then see. I don't think would be... Do a video on it and put it on FM Dupe's YouTube channel, which you can find at where Dupe. Matt, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I know this is the true sign that something's plug wrong. Plug right? uh, You can find it on YouTube. I'm giving, yeah, I'm giving you the opportunity to put the plug in. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I, it'd be interesting to see. <clears> yeah, <throat> um, I do think that there is the problem I've got now is a lot of people are getting upset. We bought a lot of players in, and I'm not playing everybody. But um, I'd be intrigued. It's a good idea. Maybe I get. Just the players in that they actually brought in because some of them, like Dan Burner, will help so massively on corners, right? <laughs> Let's be honest. Hacks. Um, Hacks. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's good. I think um, it is doing what we said. And when you look at the actual natural positions of the players and the average positions over the course of the game, we are so deep compared to them. But it it's pretty much how we explained on last week's pod, which... You know, I think uh, I think we had a really good chat about that. So if you haven't checked that, go check that out. Um, but it was, yeah, it, it's it's doing okay. Dude, would you compare any team? We might have mentioned Brighton actually last week, like a team that resembles the style that you were playing. Maybe it'd be good to actually just like if it, if it was Brighton, for example, right? They've got those big defenders and all that. Maybe try to a team that is is that plays like that, that has the players set up for that. Newcastle, I don't know if they do, to be honest. Um, well. I'm- Yes and no. The cells is gash, by the way. That's that's where I stand on that. I think Burnley, Burnley are very much could do the sort of job. Mm. And I know that sounds very stereotypical. Um, and that's only probably most of my time I've ever played Joe in a network save. He's had Dwight McNeil as a as a wing, a defensive winger or or something like that sort. So I know that guy's got some talent. Um, but they do have, you know, they've got um, Tarkovsky and me in the middle. You know, they've got you. Uh, you. I play yeah. there, yeah, slim, innit? Yeah. Um, and then you've got like Cork and Brownhill in the middle too. They've got Cornet, that's pretty decent too. Wouldn't have Chris Wood, but um, they've got the other nine foot ten player. So yeah, potentially Burnley, but that's very stereotypical. I'd say, um, I was thinking about this the other day as well, and I was thinking that um, I think Dave went for Leicester. And I'm not saying that Leicester play that way, but Leicester very much have very good defensive players. And um, players such as Wilfred and Didi, they've got um, they've got Chowdhury that will play DM very well. They've got very good wing backs as well that that can be good defensive, and they've got some tall players as well. It's there is, but I don't know who else apart from Burnley. And, I, and that's not me shitting on Burnley, by the way. You play football how you want to play football, but Burnley are very much suited to the squad that they got that could do a job like that. Sling the ball in to big people and yeah. hope they can finish. Anyway, we will move on then. Can I just also just jump one other thing, Matt? Is that all right? Hurry up. Come on. That's fine. You're okay, Matt. It's not Sunday <laughs> yeah. Night Humor Show. Now, you keep on it? saying it. Um, like, and I'm going to have to edit all of that out. And it's just going to... I'm fine. Leave me alone. Next thing Matt's going to go. And it's a goal over... Oh, no, wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So just one other thing, just to, to, as we talk off, off of a save I'm doing offline, I just want to quickly talk about the save I'm doing online. I know we weren't, but I kind of left... You've had your plug. I've left it on a cliffhanger. Move on. Saying that it was broken <laughs> last week. With the help of... About me. I've got it fixed, so it's good. So everyone that's... Is that your the thing you mentioned previously about the... The leagues. Nations. The yeah. leagues yeah. and not... To deleting themselves appropriately. Correct. We've managed or to reselecting themselves. themselves. Yeah. <laughs> We've managed to get it working. I've got all the leagues to finish the challenge now, and I've simmed seven years, and they don't disappear. Which is it's just magical, you know. Something so simple yet so difficult. But yes, that's all. Thank you for your time, Matthew. How how did you actually get it to work? Just in case other people are having similar issues. Uh, I literally took six attempts to do it. I, wow. I resigned from the club I was at and it took me six times to go through to June when I had all of them. Uh, my The best tactic I found was to the, the, the night before the league should join to delete the league and then add the league again. Anyway, we will now move on to uh, our spotlight, which is attacking football. Mm-hmm. Etc. Um, which is very much the opposite of what we were covering in last week's pod. So um, I guess we should probably get started, gents. We've got the got a, a list of things to, to cover. So I guess we should probably start with the all-important mentality and what defines attacking football for us. Um, I think obviously the obvious one is attacking, having your mentality wow. on attacking. Um, but po- I think well, I never knew that. Uh, I the, the main tool I use <laughs> is positive or attacking. For some reason, I never find very attacking to make much of a difference. Um, so I think positive and attacking are the main two that I've used. Not just this iteration of the game, but previous, and uh, they always seem to be fairly solid. But I don't know about you guys if you found very attacking to make much of a difference at all. Yeah, I've I've not seen it. If anything, like it's annoying when when you're going all out to try and get the goal back. You go to a very tack and you you change all the other bits we're going to talk about in a minute, and then you don't see a highlight, and you're like, ah, oh, yeah. that was surely something would come about. Um, but yeah, me just attacking. Like I I would I wouldn't drop even to positive. I I I don't play anything apart from my super defensive. Anything less than positive, whether I was playing. Um, I just think a negative mindset can cause problems if you're trying to be attacking or or be balanced. So are you are you suggesting that those that will claim that you can play attacking football on any mentality, and mentality is just the risk in which you will attack or the frequency in which you will attack, are talking horse manure? I'll be honest, and I genuinely feel that your mentality... Okay, I've got, I've got to put this away that Matt's not going to go, you're, you're, you're lying. I think your mentality does would not affect your your rate of it. Your, your wouldn't affect how attacking you could be or just affect the rate of attack. So you could still play, and we'll, we'll cross this bridge in a minute, you could still play cautiously, but you could play a high tempo and a, and a long passing style, which would kind of favour the attacking side of football. And it would still attack, but it wouldn't attack as much so kind of I'm saying no it's not horseshit I I think I said to you do even yesterday when I use that highlight killer tactic the amount of chances that you still had in games was high and so I think you can still attack even when you aren't playing these you know and like like we'll talk about in a minute 
although you're not playing attacking, you can still attack and still have plenty of opportunities, I think. I think that's kind of what I do, especially with, I mean, in the championship, it's not as bad, but I I, I have a fear of going attacking, particularly with not the, not the strongest defence and they're, they're quite slow as well. So I, I do it through that. I stay balanced. Um, but I, you know, when I when I feel like I I'm, I might have the upper hand, let's say, I will up the tempo straight away, of course, and then mess around maybe with the passing style, and then you're probably looking at some of the actual roles, the mentality of the roles, rather than the overall. So rather than kind of going just okay, kick off. You read the you read the outline or something. <laughs> you're doing a curty son. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I'm looking at you, Matt, just to make sure you're okay. Um, <laughs> So uh, yeah, I, I kind of try, like rather than that. rather than going hell for leather on the attacking, very attacking. I'll try and do it with a balanced mentality, but but kind of ramping up the other the other parts. For for me, kind of going back to what you were saying, Matt, and I appreciate what which angle you're coming from, um, and I'm not actually sure what your personal angle is, but I don't know if that was just a to, to get. I'm playing devil's advocate. Okay, yeah, that's to, what to it is, making conversation. So for me, as much as I would say the mentality. Um, would be the risk. I think it would also link to how the freedom of those players. So if you've got players that are not normally fully attacking, that they would start to push forward. Maybe it would just increase the the how much your tech player. I'm trying to work at it properly and I'm it's not coming out properly. But No, I, I understand exactly what you're trying to say here. And and the by switching the mentality it has indelible links to other things within the tactic so as soon as you set select the attacking mm-hmm. preset your your width passing style will go uh, wider and more direct your tempo will increase the there is more creative freedom given to the advanced players yep. so you, what you are saying is correct but that is more like in terms of like the you are increasing the risk in which you are going to be countered which is why you can still have success or look like you're attacking with a defensive setup because it doesn't stop you attacking it just reduces the frequency of those attacks because especially if you start on ultra defensive you're only going to attack when it's absolutely certain that you can't be turned over so that that is why you you're mentioning with your tactic having like really low xg that is why that happens because you will score one goal from one opportunity but it was guaranteed like you're guaranteed to get something from it it was going to turn into a clear cut chance or uh, at least positive xg rather than like some pop like a million pop shots um but your xg is 5 for example so so the one way i can the one way we can kind of prove that is if you if you set your and again, I'm not. I don't want to step on toes on later. But if you let's just look at directness of passing and tempo, which we'll talk about later. But on attacking, it it sits in one section, and if you go to negative or like pos, um uh, to to defensive, you'll see that even though you haven't changed your position of that, it does go down the slider because that's that that's what it's restricting it to. So even though you are saying much more direct or direct, it will drop lower down that scale of directness, even though it's yeah. still direct, but it's just lower down. That's because of the mentality, right? But that's also mm. because you the things, say the mentality is linked to everything within a football manager tactic. And before the tactical creator was a thing, you would have free roam to do whatever you want. So you could have players practically sitting on the goal, 
goal line, not quite that extreme, but as for an example. But then you can equally just stretch the pitch out massively and have everyone completely detached from one another, and you would just literally lump it over the top like you would in the 1800s. And it was like kick kickball, basically, if you really wanted to do that. Whereas the tactical creator's introduction kind of tightened things up and made it more clear to everyone how the tactical shapes are supposed to work within Football Manager and give you ranges in which to operate within, as you've just said, Dupe. Um, so you can only be, you can only only ever be so direct in any particular uh, mentality that you set. The only mentality that you have a bit more freedom is balanced, yeah. which will, you have a bit more swing either side of those because, again, it's sat in the middle. So arguably you can probably go to sort of one point below the lowest of short passing and one point below the the highest direct passing uh, in balanced but that they it gives you more freedom to in which to operate i guess but i think we've we've discussed mentality to a point we've 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 covered both sides of it so let's have a look at the the more i guess specific parts of the tactics and how we would probably go about setting things up um so with now for me personally i would say wide attacking play is always associated with uh, oh, sorry. Why like, keeping the pitch wide and using the majority of the pitch is what I would assign to attacking football. If I'm I'm going to be playing not necessarily with wingers, but with players starting out wide, make, stretching the pitch as wide as possible to give ourselves more space. Because I'm assuming I'm going to be attacking a defensive team that's playing quite narrow. Yeah, I think the well on this iteration of the game as well with the joy you can get from wide areas, getting the ball into the area, uh, crossing the ball in and so on. I think fairly wide to wide is quite, you know, you know, favourable. Um, but I think it can still work on fairly sort of narrow as well. I mean, I use a real-life example with Ralph Ranić at United at the moment, playing his sort of Gaga press style, and he, he's playing very narrow at the moment. Um, and I think you can get that to work in Football Manager as well. But... I would say if you want to take advantage of all the bits and bobs that work well in the, the match engine, I think you've got to be trying to get the ball as wide as you can and getting those balls whipped into the area. Yeah, it's literally the opposite to what we spoke to last week, saying the fact that keeping your defensive narrow and, and working along the pitch with the two banks, yeah. it's hard to break down. So the way you counter that is you play, like Matt said and you said, extremely wide, stretch them out, and and hopefully you can your, your players then can find space within that gap. So yeah, absolutely. Just just echo what you just said. I think the one thing I've noticed as well, and I think FN22 is really ramped up here, is you need the players with the stamina, the natural fitness to execute that. Like, and yeah. we'll probably talk about tempo in a minute as well, but like where you're playing wide balls, long balls, you're pushing up high, whatever it is. I just think it, it keeps coming back to it. I, I find certain players won't last 90 minutes if you're asking them to do too much, particularly a lot of running and a lot of... um. You know, a lot of those long balls out wide as well. So, tempo. Yeah, different. I mean, sorry, man. I'm probably going to jump in if, like, if you we put that into tempo, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, I think that's always been a thing, especially when Gagan Press was such a big thing on Football Manager. What maybe two, three years ago, it really came came mm. uh, quite popular in the game. That has always been a thing, just because of the tempo. And if you are playing attacking football, the intensity of the tactic, you do need those players that are going to have you decent natural fitness, decent stamina. Otherwise, you're going to really struggle to play that. Maybe not necessarily for one match, but just throughout the majority of a season. 
Does this mean then that you can't play attacking football if you're not, if you're playing very narrow? Um, again, playing devil's advocate, but do you, I know that generally what we've all sort of accepted as like playing wide is generally what we would associate with playing attacking football. But do you think you have to yep. to be said as playing attacking football? The only thing I would kind of comment on that, and it hates, it pains me to say it, but Pep's tiki tackle when he first came over with his inverted wing backs, and I think was so just fast. It was it was high tempo, but it was very concise and it was very compact the way that they moved through the through the field and through the past the lines of of defense uh i guess you have to have if you want to do vertical tiki tack you're gonna have to have some talented players but that's kind of yeah you could do it like that you could i think if you've got strong players for the level you're playing at you could definitely make it work i think especially on fm22 this year the one-twos, the passing style of play, you can break through defensive lines quite quickly when you're playing narrow football. I've seen that do it with a highlight killer uh, because you're playing inverted wingers both sides. You're not necessarily playing wide. The amount of play you get through the middle of the pitch and actually trying to play football is astonishing. And I think I would have won a hell of a lot more games if Jamie Vardy or Pat Sendaka could, could finish their dinner. But I think, like I mentioned earlier, Ralph Rangnick is a real-life example. Play is narrow. I think it can happen if football manager as well. You're not necessarily using the meta of you know throw-ins and um, sorry uh, crossing and headers, but with talented players for the level of football that you're at, you can definitely make it work. I de- I definitely be an advocate of the wide play for the you know for definitely on the attack. The the only exception for that rule for me would be if I see and I wouldn't I probably wouldn't even know you know before a game kicks off if I see that there is um, potential for an extra man in midfield. That's where I think uh, I'll actually, you know what? Let's stop. Go- let's stop playing it out wide. Let's stop looking for overlaps, or, and actually try and bring it in. If I, if if, I mean, let's say if they have four four two or whatever. If you can see an opportunity to put an extra man in midfield, um, I do also use an inverted wing back. We've retrained a DM. He was a new gen, and we've retrained him to be an inverted wing back, and he cuts in quite a lot. Um, so that really helps. But that's the only occasion when I'd really steer away from the the wide play, playing and attacking kind of mentality. This year, the, the diamond's been very good, right? I mean, Lelujo did well in the Shuma Showdown, PvP. I've done a lot with the, with the, with the diamond. All very narrow. Um, mm. guess if you've got the right roles and you've got the right players, it, 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 it definitely is a thing. But uh, it's, not, it's not as common practice, right? It, and it, I think, especially through the years, when you look at the overlap from Neville to Beckham, et cetera, et cetera, it's... Uh, I think that's a bit more appealing. Maybe I just want to go back to the days where we used to win things. <laughs> I, I was listening. I think, to, I sorry, think, Mac. Go ahead. I, was, I, th- I think you can also combine the two. Yeah. You can set players out wide, but then decide to play everything through the middle. Keep. Therefore, you're forcing your the opposition's defence to, you know, you're making them make a decision. Do we leave them out wide and and leave the potential men available for an out ball if they want to use it, or or not, and therefore, because you're potentially stretching their defensive line that way, you'll make holes appear for you to attack through that may not already be there if they've had to sort of compress if they were if they're compressing like they would naturally want to do. Doop, you've triggered me there. I was listening to another podcast a while back, and they're talking about wingers. You mentioned Beckham. Other um, other podcast? What's that? Uh, it must be called the, the Six Star Pod. I don't know. Um, <laughs> the the topic of the conversation was. There are no more wingers. Like when you're looking at 
elite football. So go back, you know, wind back, and you had Beckham and you and your gigs, and they're running to the byline, right? They're they're running out. At, oh, but like, Beckham never did. Well, I mean, never staying did. wide. Do you know what I mean? Not a winger. It's a wide, wide, wide midfielder. Yeah, if, okay. you, if you're gonna, I think the stretch it. The, the point is where where you don't really see as many wingers now who are like wide players staying wide. Crossing from wide, you know, everyone's cutting inside now, and it's like you don't see as many wingers. I think, um, well, I mean, we could talk about Adama maybe, but he just keeps going. <laughs> he ends up in the tunnel. <laughs> um, and the other player, I think, all the way to Sp- all the way back yeah, to Spain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to be spoken about, about this podcast. <laughs> like Forrest Gump. Um, and I think Leroy Sané was another one that I was thinking about. He, he's quite a wide player as opposed to cutting inside, but you just don't see it as much. You know, you're looking at your. You go for the fat jokes all night. I don't even know what it is. It's quite. It's quite a wide player. Oh, come on. <laughs> I, th- I think you're right, Matt. I'm gonna. I'm gonna cut it back. I, I would agree. I Sorry, think you're I'm right. Do, I'm doing jokes. We've mentioned apparently. one tonight already, which would be Dwight McNeil. I think he's a mm. an out out winger, right? Um, and I think uh, apart from that, yeah, I think I'm struggling. I'm struggling. The only That's one I, I mean, could yeah. prob- mm. probably argue with would be Quadrado and players like that. They mm. but they're a little bit older. They're the older generation, right? Uh, and equally, Quadrado's more playing as a as wing a back, wing yeah. back. Yeah, for true. So maybe that's my uh, yeah. Thomas Lamar. He was he was he's quite a hug the touchline guy. But yeah, you're right. Think about the old days, eh? Nineties football. Matt loves this. Hmm, indeed. Uh, right. Okay. Well, let's so let's have a look at passing style and tempo. I think oh, these these are the things we could probably we've kind of touched on them a little bit anyway. But do you have to have a very specific passing style to play attacking football? Obviously, I I don't I don't think you have to. Dupes got dupes like pick me, oh, pick me. Please, I've even you know like when you put your arm around when you were really desperate as a kid. Um, <laughs> no one will get that because they can't see what I'm doing. Um, no, but yes, I feel that the way to play attacking football in my eyes, and again, this is just the way I look at it, is about getting players forward as quick as you can, catch them on the counter, catch them uh, sleeping, not structurally sound, and fast tempo, hard, uh, direct passing, get in behind them and just show the world what you can do. And none of this, like, 11 million passing, that uh, passes, that, that end. What, what if I said to you what you've described there is not attacking football? But it is. It's counter-attacking football. It's got attacking in the letter. To be, able to, get in, to be able to get in behind, you've got to have got the ball quickly back off the opposition. So you're recycling it well to retain a possession. But, uh, well, transition. It's, it's, but it's, you, it's the, you know, you've had to wait for the opposition to break down first to be able to, rather than being progressive and controlling the ball. What you've described there, to me, is counter no, I agree. It, it is counter but for me, well, it's very, for me, it's very, very it attacking, though. Yeah, I think I would, I would label it attacking. I see what Matt means because you're obviously looking to win the ball back. That's the kind of thing I do when I'm losing, which happens a lot. Um, is is that that's when I would crank up all the tempo, all the direct. But when I think about, you know, if I was starting a game to go attacking, I don't know what I, I don't think I could. I would do it that way, you know, as opposed to when you're losing or trying to get back in the game or trying to smash and grab a winner. Um, I think you can definitely, you know, again, players. You need that passing, um, you need that vision, all that kind of stuff to, to, to work the ball up the field quick. Um, but I don't think it needs to be, you know, long balls, hoof the ball, direct to play that attacking way. But having said that, yes, if you don't have the players, it might be the only choice. So, again, I'm not being an arse, Matt, but I've got a direct question to you um, in, in regard to our previous conversation. 
Uh, Klopp, right? Klopp, what would you say? Would you say Klopp plays attacking football? Because they win the ball. I would say back. it's progressive. Yes, I th- I, this is this is the this is the 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 distinction I would make in terms of like they push the, they aren't particularly counterattacking because they compress the uh, vertical space on yeah. the field. Uh, but th- and so they look to control the ball as much as possible. Whether that by by that doesn't mean necessarily have control of the ball, but they control the space that the the match is played in, and therefore make it. E- they are able to turn over the ball quick more quickly and are in more advantageous positions. And and equally, counter attacking, which uh, and this is why I'd made sort of was questioning sort of the what you described as attacking football. You will naturally have to drop deep or collect the ball, like deeper into the pitch, so you've got space to attack. In which, whereas the way that uh, Liverpool tend to play, they will push further up the pitch, win the ball, therefore higher up the pitch, and so therefore there's a shorter distance to goal to be able to attack. It doesn't mean that they will always play that way, and it doesn't mean that they don't turn don't turn the ball over in deeper positions on the pitch, and therefore have space to attack sort of in behind. But predominantly, if they are, they will play on the front foot, and so those situations don't happen as frequently as someone who is playing counter-attacking football. Okay, I've said lots of words. Yeah, no, I, I can't. No, no, I, don't, I agree <laughs> what you're saying. But the argument that I was not the argument because I'm not. I, you're right. It is. It's a discussion. Yeah. No, no. This this is good because we we're having a discussion about one football, but also in football manager terms, how those things we. The, we're not supposed to always no, agree. No. Football is entirely subjective and contextual, so we don't have to agree on one, um, compl- like one description for one thing. It's just, and it's more highlighting how different people interpret things differently. Because, yeah, I mean, in a way, and again, this is might say make me sound very, very stupid, but in a way, Klopp's Liverpool, and you can replicate this in Football Manager, winning the ball back quickly, and being able to then attack into that space they are very much doing the same as what i'm describing but just a little bit higher up the pitch right to a point yeah i i i agree there are similarities it's just i guess the distinction is where do you predominantly win the ball back and i guess that is probably down to skill set down to the individual physical mental uh, and and maybe roles. mentality which yeah. we were referring to earlier look at this it's linked all yes. the way back round again I, and if i wasn't being butted into maybe mentality but okay um, <laughs> i got excited yeah, no it's fine it's nice to see you like <laughs> you this definitely um, wasn't saying that matt so don't worry um but no that was good right okay so we've kind of touched on passing style and tempo a bit there um i think basically you don't have to have a definitive Way, way, either way to say like what is essentially a uh, attacking st- like passing style or tempo. Um, I guess we'll switch on to roles, gentlemen, and how we would sort of what would obviously uh, attack roles would be slightly important. But there are like for example, I'll, I'll pull one one example before you all go. Like, will you would you use a deep lying playmaker in an attacking tactic? Uh, Doop shaking his head, so I'll let him go first. I don't know how I'm just doing my best Churchill impression. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, yes. Look on, Dave. Oh, the most what? attacking football I've, or the most attacking system I've ever played would be my total Doop ball system, which was very focused on attack. 
and my pivot role was a DLP defend. So as much as the difference between, I guess you're referencing, would you play a DLP on attack or would you play an AP on attack? Is that what you're getting at? Would you look at somebody that would push forward more it's, or it, would you? It's more, it's more, uh, again, this is also down to interpretation and how things work in tactics yeah. within Football Manager. But deep line playmakers generally tend to slow the game down because, and especially if they've got like a, a trait of dictates tempo. tempo. Uh, then if they if if they're like a, a Tom Huddleston type character, they'll play lackadaisical, slow football. Whereas if you've got someone who is maybe a bit more um, for example, like, prefers to play at a, a higher yeah, tempo, <laughs> then then it doesn't mean that they can't be a playmaker. It just means that you're they're more likely to play a fast paced game and keep up with with how you're wanting to play. Where and not detracting from counterattacks rather than holding onto the ball, waiting for a pass, and then pinging it over the top, for example. Yeah, I mean, the only difference for, for me, I don't mind a DLP because it, for me, I feel it links those rows of, of, of in, engagement. So it links your defensive line with your attacking line. Um, as much as sitting him on support probably is a little bit too negative, but the thing is he will... He's probably going to be one of your most creative players linking that. And he will still give you that defensive cover because, you know, let's look let's look the other way around. If you're going to be pushing attacking, you still need to have somebody that's going to sit and defend and mop up the ball and then recycle it as you're regaining possession or you're recycling possession. Um, and I also like the fact that the DLPs like to bring the ball out as well. So as they like to bring the ball out, I think it would enable those attacking players to get into good, better positions. And that, that DLP should have the talent, i.e. vision, technique, and, and passing to find those players to then be able to really push for that attack. I think it helps as well when the, the beauty for me of a deep-lying playmaker, I, I wouldn't really put them on attack. I think the reason being, I want them deep because I, want, I often will ask the goalkeeper. Because you can't say, put them on attack. Support, no, sorry. Um, <laughs> what I mean is the, the use of the deep-lying playmaker um, I, I will target to get the ball to him like the goalkeeper you can instruct him to distribute to playmaker and then I've got to see him on attack who's the guy pushing up late runs into the box all that kind of stuff so I think that's that's why I, I feel like it's very effective because they're the first per person to get the ball when you're um, on the counter let's say or on a kick out I feel it's stupid to play nine times out of ten you've got at least two or maybe three midfielders you've got to have one that's got some sort of defensive mindset right you can't mm. have all on attack or for example a double mez with a, a, a advanced fall uh, advanced playmaker advanced fall advanced playmaker you need somebody that to have that level head to sit back especially if you're going to be bombing on your wing backs as well you're going to really leave you know really leave yourself short to summarize this it depends it's probably the <laughs> well, it depends whatever roles you uh, play right well, exactly. It, it depends on everything, and also how how like if you are playing more counter-attacking but attacking football, you you want you maybe don't want someone uh, sort of slowing down play. Alternatively, maybe you do. It it entirely depends on how you want your 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 team to play and the players that you have at your disposal. And I guess you could you could say that's the case for everything. Um, but I'll let you you. Intersect, Dupe, and then I'll move on to the second part of the question I'm asking about. Roles. Well, I might be trying to big brain this too much, Matt, but for me, 
I guess it would also depend in your your TIs what your line of engagements are. Because Absolutely. if you are if if you are playing a very compact attacking system, then you don't need somebody to be playing a, a wider range of passing because you should be more compact, right? If you have a very separate, then you're going to need somebody to slow it down to be able to get to those guys, right? And be able to for everyone else to to join that attack. Does that make sense? No, no, you are you, no. You, what you are saying is is making sense, and also like by having that, uh, a more compressed verticality, it leaves them less space to be able to find mm. space. I, I, there was a an Ajax tactic I'd seen uh, on the the SI forums a long time ago and the the setup was quite interesting because the guy only had one defensive role which was a DLP on defend and I think he started him on support but he wasn't finding space so he put him on defend and he ended up sitting almost as like a sweeper because the the rest of the team pressed so high up the pitch he ended up sitting so deep to be able to find space that it was just it, it was almost working how the halfback works. And again, it depends on... That is the movement he wanted to have because he wanted to have someone drop so deep so he could have the fullbacks push on much further and still have defensive cover. But it, again, it depends on how the rest of the team is set up or you want them to set up and play as to whether that's going to work for you or not. So you're saying you could put wide centre-backs in and then that the LP is basically... An opposite. Well, this was at a time where oh, okay. white centre-backs weren't a thing. In fact, I don't even know if they were a thing in footballing lexicon <laughs> at this point. So they, they obviously probably were, yeah. but not known as wide centre-backs. Oh, that sounds that delightful. I'm just thinking of a, an opposite role to a libero. The fact that he sits back instead of pushing out. Well, that is the yeah, no, but As a DLP defend as well. As yeah, a D, yeah the, the, but... That that's I think it may have even been before the halfback oh, role was okay. introduced right. as well. Just... So, but that's effectively what it was doing. Oh, beautiful, yeah. Um, but it's it's a, it was just a, an interesting point that I, that sort of just sort of came into my mind. Um, the other question about roles, then, gents, um, before we look to start wrapping things up, is uh, are there any particular roles that you feel you have to have in an attacking tactic? I mean, oh, I, I, think... I said it already, but CM on attack, I'm living for it in this in this year's FM. I just feel like, again, I talked about stamina a lot, so I'm trying to kind of put a player in there, good natural fitness and stamina. They're everywhere. Because it's a CM role, uh, you know, they're, 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 they're kind of wherever the ball is, they're kind of around. But I just find they're getting into the box to give that extra presence quite a lot. And you can you can add the trade like arrives late into box and it just makes it quite nice. So CM on attack for me is uh, is unlocking it well. I don't think I've used the uh, CM on attack, but I've heard, like you said, plenty of people have mentioned it, especially over the last couple of weeks. And I think um, Jack they used, used it, it in the showdown, the, to go back to stream of showdown. Jack used it with Kovacic, who's gotten, like you said, mad, just got in the box and just caused absolute havoc. Because mm. Jack was playing a free up top as it was, and then added another player running in late and so on. It just made it ridiculous. Um but Matt, going going back to, it, I think it just completely depends on the players and depends on how you want to play. You could play an attacking system with inside forwards, inverted wingers, wingers. They all work as well. It just depends on the players and depends on your style of play and certain instructions. Same with a striker role. I've seen um, complete forward work. Advanced forward is probably the most popular way. I, I think um, there is just so many roles, and it just completely depends on your style of play. Wing back attack again. There's loads really. 
They've literally just ticked everyone off. Uh, no, the only yeah, one yeah. I got left is sweeper keeper. So I'll take that one, please, man. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, for me, uh, the, the way I like to look at it is, is my fullbacks or my wingbacks to be pushed forward. So on them on attack. Don't matter what their role is, in my opinion, because they still yeah. get forward, but just on attack. Because when, when you are able to recycle and that DLP wants to find somebody, he's going to go wide and we're going to get crosses in and just keep constantly bombarding them with that. One last question then. Um, about roles, egging them. Oh. Can you? You looked at you again, dude. When you <laughs> <I> said that, <laughs> yeah. can can you play an attacking? Well, can you play attacking football without an attacking role? No. Uh. This isn't a trick question. This is just like, do you, in your opinion, do you feel like you can actually play attacking football without an attacking role? Because generally, like a lot of the more uh, I'll, I'll use the, one of the presets, vertical tiki tacker. There, is, I think there is one attacking role in the entire tactic. I think it starts off on a balanced mentality that is seen as quite an attacking, like tactic in general, but one attacking role in the in the entire team. Yet, football manager's own advice: when you select an attacking mentality, you need to have five or six players on attacking roles. So, despite one of the presets, like going against this. Like tip, what is what do you feel is the right way? I guess for like with our accumulative football manager knowledge, I just feel like you wouldn't get the best out of some of the key players if you didn't like an inside forward, or um, as I said, like see him an attacker. Depending on what you're doing with, with your number ten, if you've got a you know some serious kind of players in those positions, I don't think you're unlocking them by not putting them on attack. So that that would be my thinking. Like I just feel you're counterproductive to what you're trying to do. But I, what do I know? Yeah. No, I kind of agree. I mean, even when you look at strikerless, for example, a lot of the the other roles are very attacking to try and counter that not having a striker. I'm thinking now, what would you do? Would you would you play a complete forward on support or maybe a pressing forward on support? But they're not going to take the risks to be able to get in behind and, and get the goal. It's going to be difficult. I mean, there's a challenge for next week's video, Matt, right? <laughs> potentially. Potentially, there you go. I better get out before Clates does. Right, let me, right, I'll be back in a bit, lads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, there are, there are two more items on our agenda. Set pieces, question mark. Do you, obviously, like, I guess, is there a particular way that we would, okay, I guess, att- set pieces, I feel, are a bit, they can be completely disconnected, can't they? You can, yeah. You can choose to use them to your advantage, whether you play defensively or or attacking. Yeah, I mean, we had we've had so many discussions, especially this year, about set pieces. And I think just before Christmas, we had a shorter pod where we literally just had a massive bust up about it and and so on. I think the main thing you can say, attacking defensive wise, I suppose, especially on corners and on attacking free kicks, is the amount of players that you keep back. If you want to really attack, you just keep one defender back or even put everyone forward for it. But, you know, I think other than that, set pieces are just, you know, yes, there are metas. Yes, there are ways in the game which work quite well. I think on more recent patches, Football Manager have tidied it up a little bit. Um, but I think that to, way, to define an attacking set piece, I suppose, is the amount of people you get forward. I think, I think for me, it's, a, it's a case of looking like if you have... You know, do mention Dan Byrne, right? So if, if you've got a team of Dan Burns, I think you've got that option to play for set pieces. And I think when I wrote it down here, I was thinking, could can that be used as part of your attacking yeah, style? Yeah, yeah. Because 
you want more, right? You're going to you're going to create more chances by virtue of having more corners and free kicks. Um again, obviously if you can capitalize on them. So rather than kind of what you do on the set piece, I'm thinking that I I have found good success content like our example I suppose in my season 5 just gone. One of my center halves, this Matty Pollock fella, he's 6 foot 2. I think he's got a jumping reach of 16 and heading 50. East. He got player of the year in the championship the same season we've not got the playoffs <laughs> because he scored 11 goals and had four assists and we've got a very good set piece taker so that's been very effective especially in the championship right um so i thought i find it's a useful tool again right players uh, work quick question then and this is a counter this not counter but just i don't know the answer to this so you can help me does the amount of players put you can put forward on a set piece depend on the mentality if you're very defensive are all the options still available i would i would argue that you probably go the other way if you're defensive because it's like if you are playing very probably defensive you'd throw as you would because it's one of the only yeah, opportunities yeah, yeah. you may have like so you want like it's an opportunity for you to throw bodies forward like offensive bodies forward you don't have to throw everyone but you would probably leave your fullbacks back because they're the least useful in that situation unless they're taking the set piece. Yeah. So it's your opportunity to take advantage of something that you probably have a strength in, especially if you are playing defensive. You would have bought the likes of Dan Byrne, who is strong at set pieces, or at least good at put, like getting rid of the ball. So they're equally as good at attacking the opposition end And you well. get Kieran Tipper, who's a really good set piece taker. It's like Eddie Al knows what he's doing. It's like he plays yeah, FM. It almost <laughs> is. It's almost like he's been a football manager for 10 years. Has he years, been watching yeah. my videos? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I would say the same as Matt, especially as you can save routines and so on, dude. But I think you could just plug in, plug it into whatever tactic you want. I don't think it really matters about mentality, really. But like Matt said, if you're playing a defensive tactic, the set pieces, the corners are probably the most likely way that you're going to score. So that's probably why. I would also... I, it doesn't mean that you can't do it, do the same when you are attacking either. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think you have to be prescriptive I just think that Mentality if you are playing attacking there's there's more likely it's more likely that you will call, cause the opposition problems in other ways that you don't necessarily have to focus on that and also you could argue that maybe you don't have the expertise in your sort of the other players that you've built your te- built around your team to be able to be amazing at set pieces so Therefore, it's not always an advantage. Like you think about, like I, I always use like Spain as the example. I think recently, especially since Simeone's Atletico team have become a bit more predominant in the air. But when I when I used to look uh, or watch Spanish football in the like the early 2010s, all corners were taken short, and it was like a a ball knocked across the box. Especially like we're we're in the era of like Pep's Barca. Be like <laughs> everyone was was copying that style, and so at least they were in Spain. And so predominantly, corners were taken short, throw-ins were taken short, everything was taken short. There was no real sort of aerial threat in the box. There'll be the odd player that was amazing in the air. Um, Lorente, for example, was was like t- took advantage of that because he wasn't really challenged by a lot of teams in Spain and their defenses. No, and I'm going to expand on what you just said there, Matt, because if you're trying to be attacking, and like you said, you, you've got the the artists of the of the footballing world, not the not the soldiers, for example, maybe 
you want to you want to look to recycle the ball from that set piece. Um, so you're going to probably want to have somebody on the edge of the box that can bring it down and then, again, start the attack again and recycle. So you're right, or playing it short would be the best option. Keep the ball and, and use your, you know, if you're playing against a team that's going to sit back and defend, 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 they're going to have players that can get up and win a ball. Look at United, we haven't scored in 100 million fucking corners um, and we still can't recycle well. I would imagine well. also, like, if you, like, you think about every team, and I mean every team, even City do it, uh, you compare that to how beautiful some of their, their intricate play can be under Pep. When they get desperate for a goal, they just yeah. start lumping it forward. And everyone chucks the keeper up for set pieces when if they get a corner late doors. Everyone does it. So that <laughs> I think it's some of this that that sort of summarizes everything we've kind of covered. You can play however you like uh throughout the entirety of a game until you get to the last few minutes and you're desperate for a goal and then you just say, screw it, we're just lumping it forward and hitting the big man because all of the nicety disappears when you're, when you're that desperate for three points or to go through to the next round of whatever cup you're playing in. Love that. Which is, which is, which is very, uh, you know, I think it, neat little bow. Uh, admittedly, it kind of does ruin this sort of <laughs> 40 minutes of conversation long, about what target makes attacking football. <laughs> but it doesn't work all the time, but it just shows that, you know, there is no right way to do it either way as long as you score. Ultimately, as Dave says, what is it in the uh, the top left-hand corner or the yeah, bottom corner if you're it. you're watching on BT Sport that matters? The only, the only stat that matters is that one in the top left corner. Stop with the Calvin-Lewin! Go! Oh, sorry, Dave. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, okay. That We're going to bring things to a close there. Uh, episode 234 gents all done and dusted uh, you can find the links for each of us in the podcast description or by visiting fivestarpotential.com fivestar potential is available on itunes spotify and most of the podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every week thank you all for listening there'll be more from us next week say goodbye folks goodbye folks, goodbye, folks. Bye, folks. Bye, folks.